So, the day we've been waiting for has finally arrived. Yes, I'm finally doing my Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes spoiler talk. What do you think I was talking about Christmas? <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, but jokes aside, this has been uh, kind of long overdue. I did say the week uh, when I did my original non-spoiler review for the film, I'd do the spoiler talk like a week later. But then I thought, I'll do it after I've seen the film a second time because it would make it better. And, and to be honest, I'm glad I did that because there were certain things I picked up on which I didn't really pick up on the first time. So... Uh, so, uh, so I'd seen the film again on uh, Thursday it was, originally I was maybe going to go and see it again Christmas Eve yeah, yesterday but the chance opened up to go and see it again on Thursday, I was able to go at the showtime so it was Thursday so originally I was going to do this last night but you know, time ran out so I'm doing it today so you know get this get this done and I don't mind doing this on Christmas Day and then got the rest of the day to do stuff so here we go, so this will be a spoiler talk. I'm not going to go blow for blow for everything that happens because we'd be here all fucking until next Christmas if I was doing that. But, you know, this is just, uh, I've just covered some stuff that I couldn't talk about in the non spoiler review. So if you haven't seen the film or read the book or anything like that, this is the full blown spoiler talk. So here we go as of now. So, you know, interesting thing to point out the film starts with like the young Coriolanus snow and uh, I think it's young tigress as well and and you know you see this is just before the first hunger games start and things like that and uh, you know uh, there's that this is something I didn't pick up on the first time but you know this is one I said the second time when he's told that his dad was killed by a trap in the woods that plays a big part in something that happens much later on down the line and I picked up on that the second time as well when I seen it so this is why I'm kind of glad I watched it a second time before I'd done the spoiler talk with this so they uh, picked up on that so we'll go and get on to that much later down the line but um, you know the whole point now of the Hunger Games here is that well they're into their 10th annual and their ratings are going down the toilet basically there's People aren't watching anymore, and and the, what, what to spice things up? They're making instead of instead they're, they're making all the the the, the mentors uh, do their like people like Cornelius Slow are going to be the the, men, the mentors and things like that, uh, and they're going for the prize. I think it's the Plinth Prize or something like that. Uh, so all these the people from Panem and all, all that are going for that. No, I don't think I quite picked up on the whole thing, but I'm not explaining that very well. <laughs> but still, whatever. But um, you know, of course, of course, Corey or Corey, as he gets called, gets uh, Lucy Grey Beard, and her entrance here. This is one of the best first entrances for a character I can remember in quite some time. I think this was fantastic the way they introduced her. It's, of course, uh, puts the snake down the, the mayor's daughter's back <laughs> who was cheating on her, but who was, her ex-boyfriend was cheating on her with. This. Of course, um, the, the the girl she does it to, uh, the mayor's daughter, is played by Rachel's uh, Zegler's sister as well, Jacqueline as well, so fun little fact there with that. But um, uh, this scene when she like if it sings for the first time and that and phenomenal and <laughs> just uh, just uh, just as the, the screams the kiss my ass <laughs> things it's just what a brilliant introduction to this character and it's like I know people there was some of the critics of this film complained that they, they missed Katniss Everdeen or whatever Lucy Gray was 
different to Katniss. And if, if Lucy Gray was just the exact same as Katniss, then people would have complained as well, just saying, you know, oh, well, you're just doing a Katniss ripoff. So you couldn't win in that sense for, for some people. But I think they've done the right, Suzanne Collins, when writing this book, done the right thing and making the female protagonist completely different from Katniss because she's done the right thing. And and you, you, I, I feel, you know, she was different enough and, and that really worked for that, you know. One of the things as well, they, they talk about how they want the, the tributes to become spectacles to make people care, which was an interesting thought because that kind of reminds me of pro wrestling in a lot of ways or what kind of drove me away from that because when people, you need characters and personalities to get behind to care because if people don't have a character or don't have a personality and if it's just wrestling matches, then I'm not going to care. And that's basically what pro wrestling's became for the most part. There's hardly any characters. There's no. It's all just you. You go and have a match. That's what all NXT was all about. You just go out there and have a match. There's no storyline. There's no stakes. Whatever. There's no reason for me to care. It's kind of a same thing in a weird, fucked up kind of way. You could go with with the Hunger Games as well because if there's no personality or anything like that, then it's just people going out there killing each other, and and it's like. There's nothing to care about. If you actually care about the person, you actually care about their character and things like that, you will actually bond with them. And, uh, you know, uh, when uh, Lucy Gray meets Corio for the first time as well, this was, this was great. The, the chemistry clicks straight away. And you've seen that with Rachel and Tom uh, Blythe on, on the press tour as well. You can see they go on extremely well. And it translates very well to the, to the screen here. It actually does come across really well here. Um, you know, and you've got the, this is one thing I've got, this is why I'm glad I'm doing the spoiler talk, because I made the little joke when I was like talking about most of the cast, and then I made the jokes before I started basically gushing about Rachel, I made the little joke saying, I think I've forgotten, not forgotten anyone there, I think I've covered everything, I actually legitimately had forgotten somebody, <laughs> and I kind of should hang my head in shame for this, I forgot to mention in the non-spoiler review, how good Jason Schwartzman is as Lucky Flickerman, you know, the, the son of Caesar Flickerman. <laughs> he is absolutely brilliant in this film. Even the second time watching it, I picked up on some of the one-liners that I didn't quite pick up on the first time. And uh, yeah, he's so good in this film. Really. Um, so you've, you've got him at the, when they're at the zoo and things. Like that. Uh, this was a, another kind of sweet scene as well, because I've got the scene between the 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 bars when Lucy Gray's talking to the, the little girl and the little girl's asking about her dress and things like that. This was a really great little sweet scene because it just showed how kind Lucy Gray actually is in it. Because at first you're sort of seeing this as, as this sort of brash performer, but this actually really showed her kindness, which actually plays in later on with her other uh, fellow District 12 tribute, Jessup, later on as well. The way she's so kind of with that, this actually established this so well and Rachel plays it beautifully as as you can imagine yeah, as well she's absolutely brilliant here so so uh, just going through other things that happened as well there's there was other sort of little, really just little standout moments as well for me like you know uh, there's the moment I, there's certain characters names I can't remember so even after watching it a second time I can't remember but you know the bitchy girl that's one of the uh, Corio's um, uh, Corio's um, colleagues or whatever call it what you will classmates call it what you will uh, there's the bit when she's like f f 
farting about with her tribute bottle she's like teasing the tribute with a bottle and she ends up getting stabbed in the neck with it and then that was a real standout moment as well that was but the i don't know who, what the character's name is i don't know what the actress's name is but yeah she played it brilliantly as well like i said the whole cast is fantastic in this film you know you've got the other uh girl can't remember, again can't remember the character's name but the actress's name is uh, ashley uh, lau i think Apologies if I butchered that as well. Another real standout moment was the bit in the with she's with uh, Corio and with um, uh, Viola Davis's character, the doctor. Uh, when the when the snake tank and they put her like the bit of paper saying oh it's her idea and things, but if, if the, the snakes are calm if they if they've got your scent and things like that, so if it was your idea, it'll, it'll all be fine. But she has to put her hand in and ends up getting bitten by the snakes and killed, and she's just like oh yeah she died of the flu type thing. <laughs> just like, Okay, but uh, no, she was really good as well uh, in this. Um, what, what, the actual games themselves happen really early as well in this film. They happen, like, it's basically in the midpoint of this film because it's split into three parts. Of course, you've got part one, part two, part three, and part two is essentially the games there. And the games themselves are really excellent, actually. They they go on for quite some time as well, but and they never drags, though. That's the thing. It just... Uh, there's some really good stuff. What this really showed as well was how brutal these Hunger Games were and how merciless they were. I mean, if you look at the people that were getting selected, you've got like uh, somebody with tuberculosis is gets selected. And that was one of Lucky Flickerman's lines. It's, oh, it's tuberculosis on legs. Uh, you've got a, a girl with Down syndrome as well uh, named Wovey. Uh, as well, uh, played uh, beautifully by uh, Sofia Sanchez, I think that her name is. And, um, and there's a lovely little moment as well when you know when they're going into the arena and she starts holding Lucy Gray's hand, and that wasn't scripted. That was you could that was you know the first time seeing this, you sort of think, oh right, well that's an, a, a nice little moment. This there was, but you could tell it was genuine and authentic, and that was, and that's because you know. The, the actress did actually grab Rachel's hand with it like that, and it's because they had such a great bond as well with that. So now, now we found that out as well. So there we So that just that's just one of those little things, authentic things, where in script, even in scripted entertainment, when something authentic like that happens, you can have something really special, and I think that really worked beautifully here. Uh, so you know, you've got the games here as well, and like I said, like Lucy Gray looks out for Jessup as well, who's uh, like our District 12, uh, uh, our District 12 fellow uh, person. Although Lucy Green wasn't selected as such <laughs> randomly. It was that the mayor's daughter done it as well. It was, sorry, the mayor done it deliberately because of the little thing going on with them. But um, this is what I was talking about, no, for kindness as well, because after there's a bomb in earlier on, actually blows a hole into the arena which you can actually go and hide in places and and Corio's telling her to go and hide <laughs> just go and hide but she looks out for Jessup straight away that's what that's before she even does that she just looks out for Jessup and that really establishes what the kindness of this character which I, I do think was beautifully established in that zoo scene there I think it was well well set everything up with that there um uh, of course as well 
you've got some little, some pretty, like, one of my favourite funny little moments is Lucy Gray like never picks up a, a weapon or anything like that. But I mean, if you know, people are coming at her with weapons and she just randomly throws a stone at somebody, I just, that was funny. You know, a lot of people will probably, t who haven't even seen the film, will t probably turn around and say, oh, I bet this is a mirror too. Like, somebody who's like five foot two who beats up men twice her size. And, all that. and it's like, no, Lucy Gray is not a fighter. She's an entertainer, but not a fighter type thing. Uh, but um, one other bit, you know, there's a bit when the, like, the mentors can send supplies and one of the things I seen on it was an apple and it's just like the, the whole thing about Rachel and apples it, it just goes hand in hand again it's another example of that with that there so there you have it, it is there it's there so um, um of course there was, there was some really like great moments and things like this one of the real standout moments is like it was like once you know the girl with tuberculosis uh, drinks the poison water, and then you know Lucy poisons the water, but she she feels terrible that it was her that drank it, not the people who were actually trying to kill her. And and that after she dies, I can't remember again a lot of the characters' names. I can't remember, so apologies for this. But when he like takes the rips the, the flag down and covers the bodies and things like that but then you've got all the people acting all shocked about this but it's, it's all right for these people to go about killing each other oh that's fine that's not that doesn't matter but you know but uh, rip a flag down oh shock horror you know it was like so that was a really powerful moment that worked extremely well in this year uh so uh and we've also uh, and of course um the uh, Viola Davis doctor sends the, the snakes in as well uh, but before that Corio puts in the uh, uh, tissue which he'd wiped Lucy Gray's tears with earlier which is very important here so everyone else basically gets swamped by the snakes but the snakes don't attack Lucy now Lucy Gray now she starts singing as well a lot of people I think I'm really caught, caught on this on the second time I watched it I'm not entirely sure it's actually the singing that calms them down. It's actually, I think it's the handkerchief because they they established this earlier in the scene with uh, the other character got killed. But I mean, the, the doctor says, "Oh well, if they know they're if you know you're sent, they won't attack you." But the the tissue has Lucy's grey scent on it from the the, the tears, so. I think it's a mixture, perhaps a mixture of both with that. I don't actually know, but the singing is phenomenal here. I mean, Rachel just absolutely kills it. Some people don't didn't like the singing, whatever. It's, it's got ballad in the title, so you know what you're getting into. But um, no, this this really worked extremely well here. And, you know, this was really powerful. And then you had the people, everyone started chanting, let her out, let her out, let her out after she had won. That kind of reminded me, you know, a gladiator when everyone started when uh, Quamodus first meets Maximus uh, in the in the arena and everyone starts chanting, live, live, live. That's what it kind of reminded me of. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. Just a thought. But uh, earlier on, they were, it was established that if you get caught cheating, then there'll be consequences. So uh, Peter Dinklage, his character Highbottom, knows that uh, Corio cheated and then was like, all right, that's it. Away and be off. <laughs> Away and be off peacekeeper or whatever he's originally assigned to another district but he wants to go to district 12 because he wants to go and find lucy gray understandably so you know and 
Well, you've got this great little scene as well when the the meeting the she goes to the bar and, and she's doing her performance and things like that. She's phenomenal in this scene, absolutely brilliant. Somebody gives her the drink, she's like, "Oh, I gave up drinking when I was twelve to clean my pipes and things like that." She was phenomenal in this scene. Like the only thing is, proper fucking fight breaks out with that Billy guy as well. What a dickhead he is, and then just ruining a good fucking performance, you know, <laughs> ruining that. But, um, yeah, and, but, you know, when the, she first sees Corio as well, and the, the, the look Rachel gives in that is just priceless. She, her facial expressions are phenomenal in this, and I, 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 as they always are, to be fair, but the look she gives him is priceless. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, the other person I haven't spoke about yet is uh, Sejavis, uh, played by Jos Andreas Rivera. Uh, hopefully, I've got his name correct there. Um, no, obviously, Rachel's real life boyfriend as well, and he's an excellent actor. He really was excellent in this. He was one of the few people out of the mentors that actually has a heart and actually isn't one of the thing that thinks the whole Hunger Games thing is a complete monstrosity, to be honest. And, you know, he, of course, he starts dev devising a plan to break people out because he, he sees as well somebody gets hanged who didn't do anything wrong. And he, and, but then Corio actually records this. I actually think the way they actually do Corio's turn to, to the almost what you could call the dark side or whatever is really well done because you can see he's, he was kind of conflicted about the whole thing in the first part, but once he's actually now away from the capital and things like that, he start to, his demeanour does change, and you can start to see he's getting bitter about being away from there, and he's desperate to get back, and he's desperate to basically do anything to get back into that life. And, you know, he, even selling his friend down the river, as you know, sends the recording back, and he ends up getting... Um, yeah, old um so javis ends up getting hanged as well which you know and there's there's other scene as well uh one of the again another one of the scenes you know when rachel uh lucy he's doing the pure as driven snow and he just kind of walks out and just like which is kind of oh yeah dick what are you doing that for but you know the bit like round the back as well when you know so javis is um arranging the escape and things like that, but it, it ends up going to shit, you know. Corio ends up shooting the mayor's daughter, and the other guy ends up shooting Billy as well. Um, it all kind of goes tits up. But, you know, um, it's later on, though, when, uh, like, Lucy Gray thinks she's going to get blamed for it because the mayor's obviously got it in for her and things like that. Things. So she, they arrange to run away, essentially, her and Corio. It's when they're in the woods, and then Corio talks about three, uh, the three, he's killed three people, but she only knows of two. Like, he kills the, the person, the tribute in the arena earlier on, killed that person, but he's talking, obviously, about Sejavis when he set her up, and then it's kind of dawns on her, and the acting is brilliant here when it just kind of dawns on her as well, what what's happened, and then he's, he's kind of like, oh, yeah, it, 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 I was talking about my old self. It's like, all oh, right, okay. But you no, know, that last scene as well before when she leaves and tells, and, and there's there's other scenes, there's little things when they talk about mocking jays and the plant being called Katniss and things, with little seeds being planted for future stuff as well. 
and when she when uh, Lucy Gray says she's about to go out and pick Katniss, and he and then when it's he says, oh, but it's raining. She's at the last great final last line, which says, well, I'm not made out of sugar, you know, delivered beautifully by Rachel, and her southern accent was spot on, absolutely brilliant. She nailed it beautifully there. So, and of course, I mentioned he goes out into the woods, and there's a trap set for him, which ties right back into the way fa his father died as well. But, you know, he ends up shooting, shooting, you think it's Lucy Gray running by, ends up shooting this woman that's running by, but you never see the body. So it's kind of ambiguous as to maybe she was shot and managed to escape. Maybe she just pretended to get shot when she, and then it's kind of ambiguous one way or the other. But you know what? He ends up back at the capital because after basically being a dirty bastard for what he did to Sejavis, um, uh, that ends up with a high bottom and end. I think he poisons him as well. I think he leaves some of Sejavis's artifacts, it's, it's sort of Sejavis's belongings. Someone's got a drink in there and he drinks it and he ends up dying. So I think he probably poisoned it knowing he would do that. And there you go, that's that then. And then there's a big rainbow out there, which is kind of, I think, signifies Lucy Gray there, to be fair. So it's kind of ambiguous as to what happened with her. Did she die? Did she not? Some people think she ended up going off somewhere and she was, she's President Coyne's mother, you know, um, uh, Julianne Moore's character from the later films as well. So, yeah, there's all sorts of theories out there. I'd like to think she go, went off and done concerts somewhere where she doesn't get her performances interrupted by fights breaking out and people getting shot backstage. But there you go. That's just my thought there. But um, no, overall, absolutely loved the film. I actually liked it even better the second time I watched it. Picked up on certain things now. Full disclosure, I haven't read the books. So, you know, so there's probably certain things I still haven't picked up on uh, on that there. But I didn't think I needed to because I think the film was so well made. And that's what's actually came across. The film did very, very well after it. It's opening weekend was kind of, uh, it was slightly below what the Marvels done. But whereas the Marvels fell off a cliff in its second week, this held up extremely strong and it proved a lot of people wrong. Proved a lot of people wrong because... Yeah, that just showed the word of mouth was really strong. It showed you didn't need to be this hardcore fan or anything like that. Word of mouth obviously got around. Anyone who was kind of sceptical about a Hunger Games prequel probably came around and actually maybe seen it later on and actually enjoyed it and the word's got around and it's had legs. It's done pretty well. It's well past 300 million now, so it's definitely in profit because it's a 100 million budget. So even if you go by the, even if you go by three times, the uh, three times the budget is to break even, then it's past that. But then again, it's usually two and a half, I think, is the actual real number. So it's well past it now. So it's been a hit. So, you know, and, you know, it, a lot of people went kind of quiet second week. With, oh, there was nothing on all these YouTube channels about the film holding up well or anything like that. But you can bet your ass. If it fell like 60 or 70 percent, they'd be like, oh, walk flop, blah, 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 all over it. But you know, they went quiet. But there you go. Just my thoughts there. So big fan of this film. So been nice talking to it about it on this uh, Christmas morning. So I hope you have a lovely day if you celebrate. Hope you'll have a lovely day, even if you don't. So there you go. Thank you ever so much for taking the time to listen and Merry Christmas. <laughs>